The following podcast is brought to you by the Ebb Tide Treatment Center. Many people wrestle with addiction. You don't have to. Reach out to the Ebb Tide Treatment Center, where they wish to empower each individual encountered with the support, hope, and tools required for long-term sobriety. Priding themselves on providing the best possible treatment experience for you and your loved ones based on unique needs. They're committed to breaking the stigma that plagues those suffering with addiction and their families by educating and bringing awareness to the community. The Ebb Tide Treatment Center provides individual and group therapy, multiple recovery pathways for support, evidence-based clinical support, integrated aftercare social reintegration, personalized treatment planning, program addressing whole life health and Vivitrol program all available. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, reach out to them at ebbtidetc.com or call 844 430 Four three five seven. Once again, everybody, and guess what? We are done with the Jaylet saga. There's no more of that. On this week's episode of AIW's The Card is Going to Change, it's a very special Ask Us Anything. And before we get to any of that, of course, thanks to all of our sponsors. Thanks to Smart Mark Video. Purchase any of our past DVDs or MP4 digital downloads from smartmarkvideo.com. Shout out to Gary and Shannon and Robles and everybody else there taking care of us and recording all of our shows and then editing them. And of course, thanks to Angelo's Pizza feeding us once again and taking care of you guys and bringing their award-winning pizza to our live events at Mount Carmel. If you'd like to try any of Angelo's Pizza or other foods, head to Angelo's on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. And then, of course, thanks to Jack Prince, who takes care of all of our printing, apparel, and graphic design needs. They can do all of that and more for you as well. To see everything that they offer, check out jackprince.com. That's J-A-K-Prince.com. That's right. That voice that you heard, oh, well, it's the first time doing that advertisement. That is AIW owner John Thorne. My name is Steve Guy, your moderator of sorts, and we will be joined this episode by a multitude of guests. Uh, we'll have Dominic Garini probably popping in, Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham. You might hear some weird body. You might hear some Brian Carson. But this episode, we say ask us anything because they may chime in, but mostly we asked you, the AIW fans, to throw out some questions for John Thorne. And that's what this episode is dedicated to. I have to. not previewed one of them. You have not. I have... And some I have not. But we'll get right into it. Uh, this one is an interesting one. I, I kind of don't want to know the answer, but I do. Asked by Ryan through Facebook, he said, What's the gnarliest injury you've had to deal with while running a show? Uh, I, I mean, super crazy was pretty gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the only time that... Well, there were two times that... Uh, an ambulance had to be called one was uh for ryan fairly the aw student for his one and only match uh <laughs> his debut match for his shoulder and uh the other time was uh sugar dunkerton broke his arm in the middle of a match in turner's hall wow. uh and it was like really fucked up <laughs> and uh he had to have an ambulance come and pick him up and uh that was really the, you know, thankfully there hasn't been a lot of injuries that have happened at AIW events. Been fortunate, a lot right. of injuries that probably should have happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, injuries should never happen, Steve guy. Well, true. We are professionals. But I'm just uh, thinking of these Kaplan matches. Don't try this at home. Yada yada. Uh, I was at a Cleveland. I was at a Cleveland All Pro show once, not an AIW show, but. Uh, 
I was at a Cleveland Opera once and uh, show once, and a guy by the name of Sonny Landell did shit his pants while he was wrestling. <laughs> Um, well, that's unfortunate. That is a Cle- Cleveland urban legend. I was there for that. It was like in the first match. He was wrestling some guy named Big Al. Uh, you know, just as that, if, that, if that's not the most fucking independent wrestling shit you ever heard in your life, fucking Big Al versus Sonny. Isn't that the guy that Tank Abbott tried to slit his neck? Uh, yeah. I don't fucking know. I have no idea about that. So, yeah. <laughs> Big Al? You know yeah. Big Al? Yeah, I think, I think Big Al is the He's an HWA guy. I mean, maybe I'm thinking of a different Big Al, but in WCW, that was definitely the guy that Tank Abbott tried to slit his neck, and Tony Schiavone no. was like lost on This Big Al was never in WCW. <laughs> okay, so sorry, sorry to roll ride you and throw this off, Thorn. <laughs> different, different Big Al, and then another time, also at a Cleveland Opera show, I almost witnessed a murder. <laughs> uh, it was this guy, Tony Paradise, who uh, he... He was like, uh, he was an independent wrestler who uh, served like 20 years in prison because he threw a guy out of a third story window while committing a robbery. Okay. Uh, he got out of prison and he uh, wanted to become an independent wrestler. He had a tattoo of John Gotti on his arm. And uh, he actually later on in life went back to prison because he was trying to restart a mafia in the Cleveland area. Oh. But, uh, one time, he tried to attack this other wrestler named Disco Fever with, like, this really big fucking, like, metal thing. I don't even know what it was used for. Swung it right at his head in fucking Turner's Hall. It was the fu- That was the gnarliest thing I ever saw backstage ever at a fucking wrestling event. Because, like, I'm telling you, one inch and this dude's whole fucking he- skull was getting caved in. Like, I guess it was something to do with drugs or something. I don't know. But uh, Tony Paradise didn't fuck fuck around. Uh, local legend in the in the circles of uh, Cleveland independent wrestling. Uh, also went to jail for spitting in a fourteen year old girl's face in the middle of a mall. All right then. Well, question number two here. Uh, Matt wants to know whatever happened to Mike G, the man behind the infamous "Menace to Society" shirt. Oh man, Mike G, the airbrush man. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it fucking happened to that guy. When we first got involved in wrestling, uh, I didn't know how to get gear made in 1999. Everyone just went to the airbrush man named Mike G in Parmentown Mall, and he would airbrush you up some sweatpants. Well, there you go. And uh, <laughs> business was booming for Mike G. Business, business was booming for creative tees in the Parmentown Mall in the <laughs> local independent wrestling scene. Uh, I don't know what happened to that fucking guy. All right. There you go. We don't know. Next question comes from Suzuki. Wants to know, any chance we'll see Boone back in AIW? Who is that? Benny Boone himself's Benny alias? Boone, Boone, uh, Boone, Boone the bounty hunter? John Morrison? Benny Boone? Is that what they mean? Yeah, yeah. because the then big... it says, I miss the Iron Curtain. I miss it every day. The Big Bear? <laughs> yeah. Suzuki? I mean, I don't know. You know, anything's possible, I suppose. Look, we saw Matt Justice return after, what, nine years? Yeah, you know, Ben Boone might have to sit it out for nine years, but... <laughs> Anything can and will happen. Your next booking's only a phone call away. You ben, never know. Ben Boone, perennial WWE extra talent for life, I think. Yeah, maybe Ben Boone will get signed up to be a fucking full-time fucking police officer on Raw. Or a doctor. All right, next one. I really don't know how to fucking answer that question. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I think, I think never say never. Put it I never think, say never, brother. Never say never is the answer. Ben, big Ben Foon, Boom, fucking conglomerate. Hitting he's me been there. around. He's been getting, been getting a lot of tweets about him. He's shown up at some shows. Uh, just keep your eyes out, I guess, is the answer. Let me know if you want to see Big Bear Ben Boone back in the ring, back in the squared circle. Uh, next question comes from Luke. This is through email. What's your thinking in regards to bringing in the quote-unquote, big ex-WWE people like Cody or Ryback? Uh, I mean, it's probably pretty expensive. Uh, it all depends. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I just... I, I think that there's a lot more, I guess, fucking interest when you go into, like, the like eras before... You know, and get like legit legends. I think that there's like a big kind of drop off in the modern 
the modern guys, uh, and they charge a premium price. So where I think you know if you book like a guy that was in like you know that was famous in the '90s or something, right? You're gonna get more like if you could book Ryback to come in and wrestle, or you could book Scott Hall to come in and sign. I think that Scott Hall is going to get a lot more attention than Ryback. Uh, And, you know, I haven't really ever inquired about Ryback's fee (laughs) or anything, but uh, he followed me on Twitter recently. So hey, all right. Maybe you see the Ryback in there. I thought about reaching out to him for uh, for Jaylet. Yeah. But I just, you know, it's it's hard because especially with the the big situation and uh, it's hard to be like to go after those big ticket items. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, we, you know, we have Arn Anderson and things like that on, you know, on the books. Uh, but uh, there's a lot more uh, to that story than would be if we just booked Ryback. You know what I mean? Like, sure. that's a completely different situation. Our next question is from Wes, and we may have answered this previously. Uh, Wes is curious. What beef you have with Jessica Havoc? She said in a shoot interview she doesn't work for AIW. Curious what was going on there. Uh, to be honest, I really don't know. Um, yeah, I think we may. This may have been on the last one. Yeah, like I, it was really never explained to me. Honestly, uh, she just kind of quit taking our dates one day and then said a bunch of like negative stuff about us, and then we talked. And she was going to come back, and then it didn't pan out. And then she said a bunch more negative stuff about us. So, I don't... F- fuck if I know, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, that has nothing to do... With- then she said some other bad stuff. But, uh, you know, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it is, what it-, it is what it is. Like, there's... Some people just don't get along, you know? Like, uh... Sure. And it's like... Well, if this person doesn't like me, why am I going to say, hey, person that doesn't like me or wants to say, like, that wants to go and kind of say negative things about my company, why am I going to say, like, hey, let me give you my money? You know what I mean? Like, right. uh, hey, like, let's forget about all that shit you said. Here, here, come get some money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, there's... It's a promoter's market, and there's plenty of people that I could book that aren't going to say fucking shitty things. So I'll just book those people. You know what I mean? It is, it, it's just, it is what it is. Like, uh, I don't know that there's necessarily beef anymore. I don't even, like I said, I don't even really recall all the situation because it's a long, long time ago. But, uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's, it is what it is. I, like, I don't think that there's, I don't think that there'd be beef, like, if we saw each other or we were around each other. But it's just like... The damage is sort of done, you know what I mean? It's like, sure. you know, she said things, and it's it's whatever, you know? People just move on. Yeah. It's like, well, that, Vince, it's like that Vince McMahon quote. It's like, everybody should be happy around each other. If not, why are you here? Well, right. It's just like, you know, obviously she wasn't happy for whatever reason, so, you know, that's fine. I'm sure she's doing fine. To go into a... Uh We'll roll from a negative aspect of a question. We'll go into a positive one. Let me Let me start this email... From Michael, actually at the end with the P.S. Before, before actually the questions. P.S. Love the podcast, and Thorne was super cool when I met him at WrestleCon. So there's that for you. Love being super cool. Here are his questions. It's better than being super crazy. Is it? I don't know. I would. I feel like my neck is in a better well, condition. Maybe currently, but overall, super being super crazy. Uh, what show in the last five years do you consider to be the AIW mission statement? If someone was asked, what does AIW represent, what show would you present to them? I mean, there's so many different there's so many different directions you could go with that. You know what right. I mean? Uh, I mean, you can never really go lo- wrong with an Absolution card. Um, you know, but then there's cards like uh, No Sleep Till Brooklyn that it's just a fun show. You know what I mean? And it's totally outside of the box, like, something you're not really going to see anywhere else um you know nowhere you're ever going to see tracy smothers and grado do whatever the fuck it is they did for almost an hour (laughs) um you know and then there's there's shows with good wrestling you know there's the jail tournaments are 
probably fully represent AIW because it's yeah, some good say. wrestling uh, and a lot of fucking weird stuff. Because uh, I feel like that's kind of what we do better than most is like, it's like, okay, you can go see these same 10 people on these, you know, all these shows, or you could fucking come see Mordecai at AIW, you know what I mean? Or, you know, it's just something, just something fucking totally off the wall. Right. Um, so, I mean... I like the I really like the No Sleep Till Brooklyn show just because it's so out there, um, and I I really like you know I feel like a lot of the Jaylet tournaments overall yeah. represent what we're trying to do, um, so yeah I mean it's it's hard to just pick one fucking show. There's plenty of shows that I'd tell you not to fucking watch. I'll tell you that much. Anything with fucking you on it, brother. Talking, talking to Alex Worldwide Keller for those who couldn't hear. No, I mean. John Thornton is afraid of love. True story. Baby, dude. Well, this is this is the AMA episode. I would also say you know Absolution Ten is good. Sure. Yeah. Uh, fuck, man. It's you know there's, and then you know you can just pick up a random show and like Bunkhouse Buck is on it. You know, like right. just fucking. Uh, it's hard to say, like, it's hard to just pick just just one show. Um, since you did bring up Jaylet and some random people that get booked there, uh, this question from Kurt. He wants to know, is there any chance you'll be bringing in Buff Bagwell again, considering 2018 will be his retirement tour? Is it really going to be his retirement tour? <laughs> or did his booking just kind of slow up a little bit? I don't know. That is my theory. Because this is what I want to know. What does Buff Bagwell do in 2018? Like, where's he go? Like, Jingle, brother. What's his career path post post wrestling? Yeah, maybe he's got I mean, the maybe he's got enough dollars in are you, smart investments. I don't know. Are you insinuating that come 2018 he's Buff, he's the stuff, and he doesn't have it going on, Thorn? I'm insinuating in 2018 he's gonna go. I had such a great run. I'm going another year. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> I will never retire. So oh, cool. speak of the devil. He's on the television. <laughs> Little stars and stripes. Oh, boy. Yeah. But, like, I mean, I could be, I could be wrong. He could have a fucking uh, a lot of money invested in mutual funds, Monsoon Classic style. Right. But uh, my theory is, is uh, maybe his work was, was slowing up a little bit. And... Uh, you know, he's just trying to—he's trying to fill that calendar, man, and he's probably trying to fill it at a premium price right now because it's the final run. But uh, like I said, I could be wrong. That's just my—that's—that's that's how I viewed everything that's going on. Uh, but uh, so stay tuned is kind of the answer. Yeah, stay tuned because let's see, let's see if he started filling those dates up and people bid on that fucking press release. <laughs> I'll hit him up in October and see what's fucking going on. Well, Kurt also uh, has a, another interesting question here. What is your stance on ultra-violent wrestling in the modern day, considering matches like the Young Studs and the Carnies? Any future for those in AIW? To be honest, I am not a super fan of ultra-violent wrestling. Uh, based on, like, if there's no build-up or story to it, uh, I think it's kind of a waste. And... That probably contradicts a lot of things that I've done personally as a wrestler, but just as I get older and I like, I guess study wrestling or understand wrestling or whatever, you know what I mean. Your taste change. Uh, I'm not a big fan of it anymore, uh, especially in like today's society too. Uh, there's just people are very sensitive, right? Uh, and I like that Carney's Young Studs match was not supposed to happen, was not cleared to happen. It wasn't like, hey, uh, it wasn't like I said, hey, guys, I want you to go do this fucking crazy ass fucking match. Uh, those guys took that upon themselves and did that. Yeah. Uh, 
in a perfect world they would not have had that match because there was no there's no point to it. You know what I mean? There's the Carnies had no more dates uh coming back. You know, there was there there was really like where do you where do you where do you go from there? You know what I mean? Okay. Like you can't pl- you can't change the fucking plans that are already in the wor- you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're going to the Jailet tournament where like none of you guys are coming back. You, get, you know like the young Sedge are just going to be in a match now at, at the Jailet weekend. Right. Um so I personally like I'm not going to I I think there's more it's more meaningful like like I said before when you do like the attitude era fucking crowd brawl main event uh spectacle for the live for the live audience but like ultra violent wrestling i i just think there's too much that could go wrong now uh especially in like the society of like suing and like just fucking all sorts of fucking there's so much liability uh that i just don't like i don't have any intentions for that and i just think aiw also kind of kind of grew grew out of it um. Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe and maybe you know who fucking knows. Maybe there could be a sh- the next show. Eric Ryan's just gonna go and hide a bunch of fucking razor blades <coughs> under the ring. I don't fucking know. It's interesting that we bring up Eric Ryan because this next question kind of ties into it. Jamie says, "I've been a fan of AIW for a number of years now. Have listened to the podcast since the beginning. My question has to do with the Nixon angle." It's generally referred to as a bad thing, but I was wondering, could you give an overview of the angle and what it was supposed to be and where it went wrong? I think it went wrong from the beginning. You know what <laughs> I mean? Uh, these, bef- the inception of the angle was, I had these, these guys wanted to do it, Ricky and Eric and Bobby, all of which were baby faces at the time. Uh, and it's really hard to be a, a heel in the modern era. You know what I mean? So I said, you guys, like, I don't understand what your gripe is with AIW. You know, like, you guys are all in matches. Eric Ryan was the fucking champion at the time. Like, no, none of it made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, my stipulation was I want Chris Dickinson in it because that is a guy that has a gripe with AIW. Uh and he's a guy that can talk. You know, none of those guys are none of those guys were promo guys. I knew Chris Dickinson could talk. Um, I knew Chris Dickinson would make it seem more realistic. Um, we did the we did the angle. It got a pretty good reaction uh, based on you know Dickinson and B.J. Whitmer fucking squaring off. Uh, it was really chaotic. Then Dickinson destroys the belt, which was not supposed to happen. Fucking throws the fucking championship belt plate into the crowd. Almost hits somebody. Um, All this goes down. And then Chris Dickinson decides he wants to retire after that. Uh, Doesn't want to do any more shows. That'll end an angle. So then we have to rewrite it. We put the Duke in there because these guys need a mouthpiece. Then Chris Dickinson decides he wants another chance. He doesn't want to retire. Uh, and it was just, you know, it's just a mess. And then, you know, while they're supposed to be heels, you know, they're trying to be baby faces while they're on the apron. And they're making jokes with the crowd and uh, trying to do things to get a reaction, like baby face reactions. So, like, it never, it never got any heat, you know, like, uh, and it was just kind of like, it just became just like filler. Nobody knew what was going on. It was just like, do we like these guys? We're supposed to hate these guys. And like, it just, it just didn't work. Yeah. I hope that's, I hope that's a good explanation. I don't know. Like, I think enough people have asked about the Nixon angle. It's Oh, worldwide wants to stick. What do you got to say about it? Oh, I want to say that, uh, the beginning of that Nixon angle was actually my first AIW show. So, because that was the one with you and Ricky and uh, no rope bar wire deal yeah. at the start of the show. Yep. Yep. I was living it right up the street from Turner's at that point in time. And uh, I remember, I forget who I brought up there, and they were just like, 
what the fuck is going on? Like, the lights went out, and they were just smashing shit and all that fun shit. And, uh, I mean, we had a good time, but we never knew what the fuck was going on. I don't. I think that's kind of the, the story of the Nixon angle, you the know? The long like, and the short of it. Like, the Nixon angle on paper worked if it was four guys. Was that the same night that uh, Dickinson... Uh, Brother uh, Butcher happened, or was that a different no? That's night? A diff- that was a different night. That was a great night too. That was that was a couple months later, which I hold uh, deep in my heart. But anyway, I'll pass it back to Steve Guy. No, that happened at Hell on Earth Eight, I believe. Oh, that was when Eric Ryan bled across all the walls at Terrace Hall. Yeah. So like, so Nixon, the Nixon angle works if it's four guys, not in AIW currently. Right. It started as. Uh, it started with a Duke retirement angle, didn't it? No, it started. D- that Duke, I remember that show. It was like, oh, Duke wrestling match and he lost. It was worldwide. Match. You don't even have a mic, dude. Oh, terrible. Sorry. No. This is what I remember as a drunk fan. <laughs> Give him a microphone. He's just going to yell unless he gets a microphone. This is what I remember as a drunk fan. I remember. There was the whole deal, and there was some sort of a match where fucking no, Duke had a match with somebody where it was like a goddamn... Uh, Jack Sampson. Yeah. And it was supposed to be like uh, last match ever in AIW type of dealy. Yeah. And uh, was, that that was, same, a, was that the same show that's as a, the Nixon deal? Yes, but the Duke was not supposed to be involved at that point. That was really his final match. But, but, the, but the Nixon angle going bad got him involved a few months later. So how did I see that that same night? Because the Duke just had a match that night. It had nothing to do with Nixon. Well, these are the views of a drunk-ass fan. And a drunk-ass podcaster. Brother. So, like as I was saying, if... The Nixon angle works if it's four guys that aren't in AIW that have a fucking problem. You know what I mean? It works if it's like... You know, for example, Chris Dickinson and a Jessica Havoc or, you know, people like that. People that have, you know, vocally, they vocally had a problem with AIW. Sure. Uh, And it initially started as it was supposed to be another Revelation 13 and then evolved into this Nixon idea. And uh, it just didn't it just didn't work because it was the guys weren't all in on the character. You know what I mean? The guys want they just wanted to be cool. They didn't want to be heels. Right. Uh. And that just confuses the crowd. Um, so later when we, like, rewrote the thing with the Duke, that that uh, bull rope match with Jack Samson was legitimately the Duke's supposed to be his final match. And, uh, you know, he we needed a mouthpiece for these guys, and it's just like, oh, well, let's put the Duke with them. And then we actually found just, by coincidence, pictures of the Duke where he was given peace signs, where it looked like he was, you know, doing the Nixon salute in the past, and we kind of put that together, and that's how we made it made sense. But it was all, it was all coincidence. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Alex Worldwide Keller. Sorry if I sound bummed. I'm calling you from prison. That's right, guys. I'm in prison. I am a prisoner of love because I am in love with the shirt this week from Ripstore Jobber. That's right, it's man time. Three faces of fully hardcore more. Straight out of 1998. $50 size large. This thing is a beauty. Do not let it get past you. Check him out on Instagram, Etsy, and eBay. And remember to use the promo code WORLDWIDE to get 10% off any order. And get ready for that Luna Vashon original Thrift Store Jobber t-shirt coming to you live. Epso. July 21st. Prison's never felt so good. Woo! All right, next email from Dave. Guys, enjoy the podcast every week. Interesting, informative, usually funny as hell. Love the headhunter stories. We all do. 
Uh, followed AIW a few years via DVD and Twitter. Last year, vowed to go to a live show. Went to Absolution 11. Been a shebang. Jelly playing Gino 19. Next episode in Jail at Night 2 since then. So I'm financially and emotionally invested in what you're doing. This almost sounds like it's Kenny Wang, but it's, it's not. As you guys always say, AIW is fun, and that's what keeps us coming back. The heavy question is, what have you learned about yourself, and have you changed in any way since the Biggins health issue arose? Lighter question is, what is your favorite show and moment of 2017? Steve wants to chime in any of these. That would be cool. See you at Abso 12. Peace, Dave. Wow, that was long. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for coming to all those shows, Dave. We're glad you're invested. I guess what have I learned about myself since the Biggins situation is, well, I learned a lot about where we were at as an overall business. Uh there was a lot of things that were kind of very unorganized and uh, needed to get on track. And I didn't realize how bad of a situation we were in financially until I kind of was thrown, you know, like thrown in the middle of this. Um, what I learned about myself is I am capable of delegating things and get it, making sure it gets all, it all gets taken care of. Um, and just that we could be organized and have uh, have more of a, a long term plan than a like a show week to, to like yeah. week to week like uh, it wasn't even show to show at some points you know it was it was it was week to week at, right. at some points um, so now it's kind of like uh, I learned that I could I can be a, a lot more responsible than I thought that I could be. Um, because I didn't really want to be. Right. You know, like, it just... Uh, so I guess it was... I don't know. I, It's a unique situation to be fucking thrown in the middle of the chaos that was the AW business. Like, obviously, I've always been involved in it, but there was just some stuff that I wasn't... You know, I purposely didn't want to deal with finances and the reality of it and... Um, I guess it's just, I, you know, it sounds kind of cheesy or whatever, but it's, it's forced me to kind of grow up and like focus on what's, you know, what needs to get done, uh, instead of it, it you know, this just being, it, it is like, it was like our lives and things like that, but it was also kind of like a hobby, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, to where I had one foot in and one foot out in the real world. So now I've been forced to kind of go all in on it and try to get it on track. So I don't, I don't know if that answers the question or not. But. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was kind of slowly stringing along, you know, with you guys and a little bit more here, a little bit more there. And then the big situation is changing everything. Um, I mean, for, People from on the outside looking in at this point, you know, Thorne and I go back and forth multiple times throughout the week, and and we're talking about, hey, here's where we are, here's what's going on, and same deal. And I mean, dealing with the finances and the yeah. trying to get things more organized has really been kind of the the, the difficult part of, of the whole thing, you know, and just trying to figure out where we, you know, where we are. Going, you know, going forward and trying to get the, you know, the debt that we're in on track and paid, and you know, uh, it's and been it's been uh, quite a bit, honestly. And really, realistically, as we sit in this room with with all these guys right now, it's been a lot of people who uh, things that happened with what happened with Biggins and where he still is. So many people have stepped up and taken something on, and and done more maybe than what they were previously, and and helped helped us succeed with where we are right now in 2017 and i mean yeah things are still you know touch and go but yeah. they're they're on pace to be better and rehabilitated uh hopefully for when biggins returns you know things are going to be totally on track and where they should have been the whole time we just kind of we're going so hard for so long and just uh right. you know things add up quick you know like and it's like when you're kind of the we we also got to kind of change our philosophy to an extent cuz you know we would we always would kind of teeter on like we want to be this but like 
you have to be you have to kind of cater to what the wrestling fans want you know and that demographic of you know that uh you know those dream matches you have to hit that to an extent you know what i mean sure but we also want to have our own identity and it's kind of like we've been we were chasing after that kind of like false sense of success and like acceptance or whatever and that that could get you that that gets you in the debt real real fast uh so that's uh you know that's one thing that's kind of i've also learned about myself it's kind of like hey like step back and like let's uh, get a get a clear focus and uh the lighter question in there favorite show and moment and or moment of 2017 Man, like it's hard to remember. It's hard to remember any show. You know so what I mean? So much has happened already. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's just yeah. It's just, I like, was just yeah. As as uh, weird by said CTE. Maybe more so. Definitely more so for you than me. Which, if I'm gonna answer that, one of my favorite moments of 2017 thus far is the return in the pop of John Thorne. At the next episode. I forgot that already happened already, you know. Along with uh, my favorite other ongoing moment is this whole Lewis Linden embracing the pirate. <coughs> I th- I think that's kind of, you know, that 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 is one of my favorite kind of things that has happened in 2017 is, you know, uh, uh, Lewis Linden kind of taking the negative to close out the year last year and turn it into a positive. Um I think, you know, probably one of my favorite matches of 2017 was Ray Monroe versus Laredo Kid. Um, you know, like, things things happen in wrestling so fast now. Stuff that's good gets forgotten so much faster. Sure. Um, but, you know, that's definitely a match that, that stands out. Um, the whole Jail It weekend, you know, I think is a, is a moment in itself as we documented in our <laughs> fucking four-part miniseries uh, over the last month. <laughs> uh Oh, our friend Mike from Virtual Pros. Do you have any interesting stories of a wrestler refusing to cooperate with your booking decisions? <laughs> Can think of one. Uh, that's a uh, episode on its own, there, Mike. But we'll come up with something else. If not, Available can you at least archives. make one up? Yeah, archives all day. Two episodes on it. Aside from the obvious, what's you, the obvious? I don't even know. Riddle. He never said a problem. Well, told everybody else he had a problem. Anyone, anyone actually tell you that they had a problem with the booking, and refused to cooperate? Um, I mean, this will go way back, but uh, I remember when we booked AJ Styles, he refused to lose, and that was like, I don't know, like 2007. Uh, so he had to go to a time limit draw, 15 minutes with Starless. Uh. It doesn't happen a lot, you know. You, like guys that are like, ah, you know, that's not gonna, that's not gonna work for me or or whatever. Uh, you know, some guys don't want to lose. You know, like the well, the, even the beast. The beast doesn't want to lose. Even you know? the beast. <laughs> you know, these guys like protecting. These guys like protecting. You know, whatever. And I I don't necessarily get it. Um, you know, some people don't like losing belts. Um, it's just, you know, uh, there's never been an outright, like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do this really. You know, like, I don't like where my fucking character is going or any of that fucking nonsense. Um, although the headhunters really did want to fucking, they really, they really did fucking want to, want a shot at the fucking singles belts. Uh, well, a couple of these people want to know about super cards. I will say we answered that on the first AMA. So go through the archives. Kind of like who, you know, people you haven't booked, who you really want to. Take, take a listen back there, folks, in that first AMA. That's just kind of general there. Uh, this one, pretty easy. Uh, just going to entertain it. Was Missy Hyatt really engaged to Dick Justice? Absolutely. I am. Listen, I was I was booked to be the minister. Uh, just because you don't go through with the I do's doesn't mean I don't get paid. So I'm still waiting on that from them. Man, I've been seeing some 
People have been posting these really fucking hot pics of Missy Hyatt from fucking back in the day on Twitter. Fucking that WCW Worldwide account. Ooh, I wish I was engaged to Missy Hyatt. I thought you <laughs> what? Dude, even back in fucking ECW, 98, 99, shit. Fucking 2016, brother. I'd get into that. It's been a long time. Oh, here we go. This is a loaded email from Eric. Let's start with this one first. Why do you refuse to give the people what they want? The Duke World Order? I refuse to is give the Eric, Duke what he Eric, wants. Is Eric a, like a car, like a some kind of like shield for Pete sending this email in? Yeah. Did, did you? I mean, it says Eric. Okay. I refuse to give the Duke what he wants. And the people definitely don't want the Duke World Order. No. no. Your fucking download numbers fucking confirm it. The person does, but... Cool. One people. person doesn't equal. If he can, if he can download the AIW Cards Win and Change podcast on seventy-eight different computers to bring the Duke's download numbers up, then sure he can have the fucking Duke. He needs up. way more fucking yeah, downloads 78, than seventy-eight, yeah, dude. Uh, I fucking threw a number out there. All right, he's about he's about fucking seven hundred and eighty. The Duke, uh, boy. That's the lowest one. Really? Yep. That's the absolute lowest one. Yeah. Damn. Worldwide is uh, shocked right now. That's one question. Uh. Eric also says, please book Kikutaro. I would like to book Kikutaro. He's like, he's just one of those guys, you know what I mean? That like, you want to book and then like, things just, you know, like, it's hard to work him in because we have such like a set crew. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just fucking. Now, Eric has a series of questions that I'm really going to enjoy these answers to. Okay. Some of them I feel like I already know. John, how long do you plan on doing AIW? Until it isn't feasible financially, until you start a family, <laughs> oh, God. come out of retirement and go on one last indie run. <laughs> I don't know that I ever had a first indie run. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know what I mean? I think I I think about stopping it all the time. <laughs> honestly, it's just. Uh, I mean, as long as you know, as as long as it's on track, you know, and people are coming, and I, you know, I could I could continue to. To pay people, you know, I guess it will go on in, until then. I don't really have a plan, but there's days that I, like, fantasize about being, like, a, a regular person that just, like, comes home and, like, watches the news. <laughs> That's what you think normal people do? And, and start a family? I don't know about that. If you started a family, likely by accident at this point, would you stop running AIW? I mean, I think I would have to. I, I think I don't know. Families take up time. I think. Are you saying if he became <laughs> domesticated like Dave the Potato now is? I don't know that he would be domesticated. I guess the question is, if you start a family, would you become domesticated? I think that's what happens to everybody that has a family. Uh, I suppose. All right. I don't know. This is the the maybe last. AIW, maybe I mean maybe AIW is done by the time this airs. <laughs> it could be. Uh, the last of our email questions, and then, uh, you know, we could turn it around to the, the audience in here. If you could book a match between one AIW alumni, someone who at least did one AIW match but is gone, and one member of the current roster, who do you book? Oh, man. I think I'm going to have to go with Kaplan and the Necro Butcher. <laughs> Primetime yes. Necro Butcher, though, not fucking DraftKings Necro Butcher. Talking like Drake Younger versus John Thorne versus Necro Butcher, Necro Butcher. I'm talking like Necro Butcher, Necro Butcher, like, like TOD four ish, like, like King of the Death match. Like, I just I left my boots at the venue, so I'm gonna go shoeless now, Necro. I don't. I didn't know he even ever wore wore boots. Honestly. He wore boots. This is a story that I I've heard. He wore boots and then he just left them at a venue once and was like, "Fuck." Never bought a new pair. I'm not buying a new pair. It's gonna go shoeless. Did you ever hear about the time Kaplan had a beer with the Necro Butcher? No. 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 The first AIW event that we went to was Gauntlet for the Gold 8. And we get there and whatever, and um, at intermission, Kaplan goes outside, and he sees a guy standing over there drinking a beer. And Kaplan just walks up to him and starts talking to him, like, hey, man, what's going on? Like, how you doing? The guy's, you know, says, you know, I'm good, whatever. And, uh, you know, Kaplan asked him, you know, how long you've been coming to these events? And he's just like, well, what do you mean? And Kaplan's just like, well, you know, well, how long have you been coming here? He's like, what do you mean, coming to them or working them? 
And Kaplan, you know, Kaplan like realized who he was talking to, and then like they got to talking, and, and Necro Butcher goes to hand him a beer and says, "Would you want to shotgun this with me?" And Kaplan says, "Absolutely." And they shotgunned a beer in the parking lot, and went back in, and the show started. Sounds about right. Yeah, it sounds about right. And I just want to, and I just want to clarify that dream matchup has nothing to do with ultra violence because I don't think that would be ultra violence. That would just be ultra stiff, yeah. like. They don't need to do any fucking weapons or anything. It would just be a fucking hard-hitting fucking spectacle. I would agree. So that's off the top of my head with no thought into it, I'm, and I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> All right, I'm going to turn it over. That's the email questions. We have a room full of AIW folk. This is your, this is your chance to ask John Thorne anything. We're live, pal. We're live. Okay, okay, first question. <laughs> so, when Kevin Thorne... This is a weird Thorne... body evidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my name. Yeah, they got that. <laughs> uh, when Kevin Thorne hit the, hit, hit the Fed, were you working, and how salty were you that he had the Thorne with an E? He didn't. He had a Thorne with no E. No, he had the E. No, he, had no, the... he, has, he has no E. He was just an I am salty that there's currently a guy in NXT that has Thorn with an E. It was Shane Thorn, right? The TM61. Yeah, whatever his name is. The Mighty Don Neo, brother. Is that what that means? Yeah, well, I don't know if that's what yes. TM61. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was like their old name, so. I wasn't I don't salty. Know what 61's about. I did. They're from Australia. So. So. Worldwide. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> you interrupt everything and nobody gets a story. Uh. So, I did meet Kevin Thorne, though, when he was Kevin Thorne. Um, Me and Biggins ran into a bunch of WWE guys. And uh, Kevin Thorne, he probably doesn't even remember this. He he would, like, when people would get released, he would, like, give them my phone number. And then, like, I would be, like, their booking agent for a while. Wild. It it didn't really. I I really didn't get Doug Basham too many fucking bookings. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, a real brother, man. But uh, that same night that we fucking met Kevin Thorne, Umaga was there, and Biggins was trying to be a fucking big baller, you know. <laughs> and he goes, "I'm buying everybody around," and I'm like we're in a bar, and it's like Umaga, Randy Orton, Sabu, Chris Masters, fucking Kevin Thorne, all of them. Kevin Thorne goes, "I'm buying everybody around." Umaga goes, "I want a chocolate milk." So Biggins gets him a chocolate milk. I don't know what the fuck was going on. He gets his chocolate milk and Umaga is fucking pissed. And he tries to fight Biggins in the bar. <laughs> and Armando Estrada has to get in between Biggins and Umaga. Yeah. He goes, what the fuck did you get me chocolate milk for? <laughs> Biggins goes, that's what you ordered. I said, I'm getting around. He goes, fuck you. I want a glass of wine. <laughs> That's gonna mix well. So I don't know what the fuck was going on with that chocolate milk and wine mix for Umaga, but I don't know if that was your question, but that's no. where we got. Yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm glad we went that was, there. That was a good turn. Next, one guy alive or dead that you could book. Let's just say you had unlimited budget, Thorn. Money is not an option. Alive or dead, who would you go with? Better be Mike Dawson. I know the answer. Do you know the answer? I'm trying to think of the answer. Chris Chetty, brother. He's Chris alive. Wait, alive or dead? But, but, come book on. anybody. Hey, we're, we're, throwing, we're throwing zero. We're throwing money out the window here. He can book anybody. Chris Chetty. Anybody's, everybody's on limits here. <laughs> Top of the Why list. Okay, well, like, this, I feel like your question would be better if you just said dead. Because alive, I'm just going to say The Rock. Well, I'm not even saying. Uh, here's the deal, though. I'm not even like. I'm not posing this question from like you're drawing money. I'm posing this question from like an all around like I want to hang out with him. He's a, like I want to fucking yeah. him to wrestle. It's yeah. still rock though. Yeah. Fucking rock, dude. Like <laughs> I don't know. I thought maybe you'd go with like a fucking Ric Flair, so you could fucking party with him after or. The Rock, dude. He'd give me fucking extra okay, in a fast has- movie, dude. Okay, he's fucking kick. Okay, he kicked my fucking acting career off. Let's, uh, okay, let's <laughs> I, I I wasn't fucking l- as lucky as you guys. I didn't get cast and fucking power bombed it. I got replaced by the Duke, so who then got replaced by Derek Direction? Well, uh, okay, so let's rephrase that. Dead then. Dead. dead. 
Ooh, Eddie Guerrero. Okay. All right, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll take that. I feel like I couldn't deal with the fucking bad publicity of booking Chris Benoit. What about Macho Man? Yeah, that was. Uh, I thought maybe. Okay. I was thinking Macho Man, Man, maybe. Macho, but. Eh. But you want a guy that might still be able to work, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Macho Man. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's all right. Oh, I love the Macho Man. Yeah, right. Macho Man or Bone Saw. That's fair. I like the Eddie Guerrero right, answer. Carson, question. I mean, Mike. Yeah, you want Mike Awesome? Oh, oh, oh Connor, yeah, right. don't have, you don't have one. Give me fucking Mike Awesome, nine six nine nine. Fucking Mike Awesome all day. He's a, he's a sellout, man. He's a turn coat. Joey Styles. He turned. I have one. I have. I I have one. Give him a piece of trash. Why don't you say your thing on a microphone instead of fucking yelling it in the background where it's gonna be inaudible, and it's just gonna be noise in the background. All right. Weird buddy. You said terrible things about Mike Awesome. Well, no, nobody even heard your Mike Awesome stuff. I said Mike Awesome. Mike Awesome's the brother, the dude, the guy. All right, yeah, he's well, a fucking. I would not book Mike Awesome because he turned on fucking ECW, dude. He turned on ECW, but you know what? Become ECW the thriller. Turned on him. ECW didn't turn on him, dude. They didn't have the money. He had to show up with fucking Doug Dillinger to make sure fucking nobody beat him up, dude. Well, you know what? The Gladiator was ready for all comers. And I had another one. Hit so... Dude, the dives, the bombs. Mike Awesome was like a five-tool player and was ready to deliver on that microphone. Ken Griffey Jr. over here. Okay, now that we're about that, I... <laughs> no, it's I, a five-tool. Oh, He's a five-tool. That's what I meant. He's a five-tool player. Fucking Brian Carson, how do you feel about God, God, goddamn Mike, Mike Awesome? It's a turncoat. Very, yeah. li- very, very limited just, wrestler. This is simply to say. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I got to agree yeah. with you. Weird body. I mean, Paul E. was able to book him the way that he needed to be booked, and no one else ever understood That's exactly how Paul E. needed to book anybody. I'm I sorry. To, I hate to I'm speak sorry. Last time I checked, anyone, the moment Mike Awesome left ECW, what did he do in his career that was of any relevance worldwide? Well, he wasn't powerbombing fucking Spike Dudley through 8,000 tables over and over and over again. <laughs> that's fine. Once again, he didn't do anything. So that's on WCW. Bischoff for being a bish. Bischoff had no control over WCW at that time. Well, he should have because Mike Awesome was money. Okay. Can, can, we, can we switch the microphone back to Steve Guy? All right. Yes. Brian, Brian, do you have a question? Yes. Okay. I actually did think of one. All right. Thorne. Realistically, I mean, not saying like Brown Stadium or like Jacobs Field. If, what is the one place in Cleveland that you want to run? What event that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, you want to run at like Brown Stadium or Jacobs Field or anything like that. But I mean, like, really. I don't want to run there. I can't fucking sell that many no, no, tickets, no, I mean, man. Like, provided I mean, like, you could fill it. Yeah, provided you could fill it. Oh. Well, you don't think we can fill Brown Stadium? Hey. I'll, 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 hey, I'll, I love that episode card, yeah, but I mean, 70,000 people, weird body. That's just a little, I don't know if I'm not saying my expectations. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I'm not really like a big venue guy. Like, I like, I really like just fucking tossing an indie show in a fucking gym. There's not been like a place, on. like a place you've been or a place you've seen where like, I, you know, I'd, I'd want to run an event there one day. Mm, I don't know, man. I like it. I like to run an event anywhere with a fucking ceiling about 15 foot high. And some chairs in it. <laughs> I'm I'm not that I'm not that picky about venues, you know. Maybe a barn out in Norwalk. We did a birthday party there. Do that again. I think uh, we've bored people long enough with this AMA, so I think I'm gonna wrap it up here. And uh, everyone, make sure to go to Absolution this Friday night. All right. Thank.